podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. So Luke chapter 1 verse 5 through 25, as you'll be fully aware, it is the, uh, the first Sunday in Advent. Who's got the Christmas tree up? There are a few, there are a few, I know, judge away people, look around. <laughs> oh dear. But uh, you know, it, when the first Sunday in Advent falls in November, what can you do? What can you do? So as we think about the Christmas story then, we think where we're headed as we look forward to the birth of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ, we look forward to celebrate Christmas together. We start with paving the way. Luke chapter 1 verse 5 through 25. Now we get to see in this moment, or these moments that are, are to come, the very love that God has for us. So much so, the Bible says in John three sixteen that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. So that if we put our faith and our trust in him, the Bible says whoever believes in him will not perish, but will have everlasting life. This will go, this outer shell of me. I mean, to be fair, it's dropping to pieces. Some of you may have noticed the age is a terrible thing. I've noticed it's got colder, not because I need to wear more clothes, which I really should. I wear shorts during the week. But uh, this shoulder, what has happened here? How is that possible? Anyway, I will seek some advice later on from those that are more mature and wiser. No, I'm not looking down that way, don't worry. But, but as we step into these moments then, as we realise that God loves us, we get this Christmas story, this celebration of the Lord Jesus Christ being born. We give thanks, don't we, as a church for this perfect gift that was given for us, that through the Lord Jesus, that we would have life and life eternal. Magnificent. So let's have a look then. Luke chapter 1, verse 5 through 25, as we start paving the journey. In the time of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah, spelt A-B-I-J-A-H. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. That's a great report, isn't it? I dreamt of a school report, but no, okay. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once, when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving his priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time of the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and was gripped with fear, as I guess you would be. The angel of the Lord said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord. 
He is never to take wine or other fermented drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And we'll see that later as we see John leap in Elizabeth's stomach, as, uh, or in her womb, of course, as, uh, as um, Mary turns up with Jesus in her uh, womb as well. He will uh, bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God, and he will go on before the Lord in spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Zechariah asked the angel, how can I be sure of this? I am an old man and my wife is well on in years. He's also quite educated. He didn't say, and she's proper old. <laughs> the angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens, because you did not believe my words, which will come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondering why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. They realised he had seen a vision uh, in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. Can you imagine how frustrating that was? When his time of service was completed, he returned home after his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favour and taken away my disgrace among the people. And we pray as always that the Lord might bless the reading of his word together as we've done this morning. Our journey begins then with a priest and his wife. Zechariah was about to go on duty in the temple to serve God. And Elizabeth, his wife, she is in a position too where she loves God and she serves God. She does what the word of God says. They were both, as the Bible says in verse 6, righteous in the sight of God. And it is a stunning report, isn't it? That's what we love to hear that they were righteous in the sight of God. They both loved God and they served him obediently. And verse 6 alludes to that as they hold to the Lord's commands. They uh, observe in the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But the Bible also tells us they were, they were sadly unable to have children. And it strikes me that they probably tried everything that the times would allow them to try but they remain childless. But amazingly, God has a plan for this wonderful couple, a plan they couldn't have, I would imagine, ever even dreamt could be the case. In fact, uh, Zachariah, as we see, found it quite laughable, really. It was like, how, how, I, how? How can you be sure, as he says to the angel, in 10 through 20, as Zachariah then is, preparing incense and burning it on the altar of incense, the angel Gabriel appears to him. Now, we only see Gabriel twice in the Old Testament, and now we get to see him here um, as he appears to, uh, to Zechariah. And he's standing at the right hand of the altar, right in front of the most holy place. And the angel Gabriel tells Zechariah, that his prayers have been answered. 
Think about that for you today. How nice would it be to have that kind of uh, moment where the angel says to you, look, your prayers have been answered. So often we look, don't we, for the, for the tangible, the touch in the feel. That's just how we're wired. We want to see it. But what we forget is that prior to all of this, that God was working. Prior to all of this, that God was putting a foundation in place so that uh, Zechariah and Elizabeth's prayers could indeed be answered. But more than that, that John, who was going to be born to them, their son, was going to prepare the way for prayers that were needed to be answered, that we needed a saviour. And God had been working in all of that prior to these moments. And often we think, God, where are you? What's going off? I've prayed and it doesn't seem to be happening. And we say it so often, it isn't our timing, is it? It's God's. And that doesn't match up with ours 99.9% of the time. Because if you're anything like me, you're impatient. And I want it now. And God says, look, it's not going to happen now because there's a time for it. And Zechariah's like, I'm an old man. My wife is also quite mature. There's no way this can happen. Surely, God, this is impossible. And it's really that that triggers Gabriel's response. Surely, God, it's, it's impossible. How can it be so? Well, you see, nothing's impossible with God, is it? I mean, even the impossible is possible with God. Even the seemingly off the scale, completely and utterly ridiculous is possible with God. <laughs> And he says, your prayers have been answered and you are going to have a son. You're going to name him John. Love how he gives the detail. Because they've had a lot of time to think about names. If they were to have a child, I mean, there's a lot of names that they could have chosen. But the angel takes that worry away. You're going to call the child John. Not only that, but John's going to be set aside because he's going to prepare the way for something far bigger and far greater than himself. John's going to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. So he's going to be set aside. And as we look back in Old Testament and we see what the angel says to him about no fermented drink. And it goes on to give us a description of a Nazarite. One that's set apart for God. This is what John's going to be. The angel makes it really clear. You're going to call him John. He's going to be set aside for God and he is going to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. Naturally, John is in a position where he thinks this can't be. And the angel Gabriel, I think, when you look at it on the first, uh, at first glance, you think, well, it seems a little bit severe that the guy now can't speak. But again, take all of that into consideration and also how you are. And it doesn't take long, does it, before the next thing's in your mouth and you say it and we think it and we say it. And for the man's sake, Gabriel's gone, you're done. We don't think of it like that, but as we read what the word's saying to us, we think, well, actually, it was probably best, it was probably a gracious thing to do to actually just get... Zachariah to zip up and to keep quiet. He says, how can I be sure? 
So often, again, as Christians, when we put the maths together and we say, well, this is here and that's there and I've got to get to this point and when I look at this and I look at what's going off in my life here and I look at how these things are over here and this seems a mess in front of me and God just saying that we're supposed to be getting over here, but the math doesn't seem to work, doesn't seem to match up, doesn't seem to be going in the direction that I believe it should be going. And God's like, well, that's because there's a bigger and a better plan. You see, because if I was reliant on your ideas and your plans, well, we'd all be in a mess, wouldn't we? You're supposed to say yes, because you're the same as me. You see, because if God relied on what we thought was a good idea and how we thought it would play out, then naturally it wouldn't go great. Well, first of all, it would be focused around uh, you. (laughs) And God's bigger than that. He's more focused and more driven on reaching people for him, on saving lives, on giving people the opportunity at life. And here he's giving a a moment or setting aside a moment to give a couple that are righteous in the Lord's eyes an answer to prayer. But it's an answer to prayer for us. It's an answer to prayer for you and for me. That John is coming to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. It's magnificent. It's beyond anything that we could have ever dreamt of. Imagine for Elizabeth and Zachariah. It's beyond their wildest dreams. But Zachariah is just in a moment where naturally he has disbelief. A man who says to us, as we read in verse 6, is righteous and he's observed, he observes the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But nevertheless... Romans 3.23, he's a sinner and all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And naturally, our own self, me, the bit that makes up Matthew goes, that's impossible, God. And he says, what? Because <laughs> that don't really add up. Because there is no impossible with God. Now, as we read on and we get to see Elizabeth's side of the account now, she has had an answer to prayer. And I don't mean the son. Zachariah can't speak, church. There's not a single wife in here that would not be grateful for such an answer to prayer. You see, Zachariah, his lips are sealed. He can no longer speak. But he's got just news that for him, would just, he would just want to part with it. I've got to tell you, this is what God has said. This is what the angel Gabriel has said to me. And Elizabeth's now in a position, blessed as she is, with a silent husband and a baby on the way. And verse 23 then tells us that as his service was complete, he returned home. And then when, as we go back and we see the verse where these things will come to be when the time is right, it says to us that after his wife, Elizabeth became pregnant. That's, that's her answer to prayer. She'd been longing for that her entire life. And culture as it was, as we see at the end there, in these days he's shown favour and taken away my disgrace among my people. It was seen as a block from God that if you can't have kids, then that God is looking down on you, it's bad. That wasn't the case at all. God's timing was everything for these as a couple And Elizabeth conceived, just as God had promised. The appointed time has arrived. 
the Lord answered Elizabeth and Zechariah's prayer and John, the baptizer, not the Baptist, amen. Brilliant. Right, listen, if I'm going to drop these out, you're meant to be there with me wholeheartedly, all right? But nevertheless, John is to arrive. He will declare the good news. And we've seen Gabriel give the good news that there will be good news that John is going to declare. it. He's going to prepare the way for the coming Messiah. And verse 25, Elizabeth, Elizabeth says, the Lord has done this for me. And that struck a chord with me. The Lord has done this for me. I'll tell you why it struck a chord. Because I can declare exactly the same thing today. Not that John the Baptist is on his way, but the Lord has done this for me. That God has made a way through his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. That Christmas is coming where we remember a saviour who was born in a stable who was rejected from the very moment he was born. Isaiah tells us and gives us a very good description in chapter 53 of this Messiah that was rejected. And we get to see, because we have the joy of the word of God, we get to see that the Lord God delivered on his promise. He has done this for you. He has done this for me. He has made a way where there was no way. He has sent the Lord Jesus Christ into this world to take on himself my sin and my shame. To bear the weight of my punishment. To deal with my sin on the cross. This is what God has done for you. This is what God has done for me. This is the joy of our salvation church. This is why we get together. This is why we celebrate. This is what Christmas is about. It's not about Black Friday or Cyber Monday. It's not about the presents or the Christmas tree. They're all great. It's about the birth of our Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. It's about salvation that has been given for you and for me. That is a joy beyond our imagination, beyond the impossible that we could ever see, could ever happen. God has said, here is my son. Born in a stable, rejected by humankind, suffering in our place, defeating sin and death for all of us who would believe. And we declare this morning that the Lord has done this for me. You declare the same, the Lord has done this for me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for its magnificence. We thank you, Father, as we start our Christmas journey together, that we get to see that there's a way that's to be prepared, that the Messiah is coming. And Father, we look forward with excitement, with anticipation for all you're going to do this Christmas time. We pray, Lord, that you work through us as your church, that you bless us and encourage us. Father, if there's people that come through the door during this Christmas time that don't yet know you as their own personal saviour, that they might see they might understand that the Holy Spirit might move and that lives might be changed. Father, that's our desire, to bring glory to you. Bless us, we pray, as we uh, continue in our worship. Father, as we share together over a cup of tea and over some cake, we pray, Lord, that you just encourage us. Father, we leave this place refreshed, knowing that we've been in the presence of a loving and living God. We ask these prayers in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.